to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello, leaders, and welcome back to the show. For many of you, you are starting to think about next year and some of the school-wide practices you want to implement to level up your schools. Today, we are talking to Principal Ida Carter all about learning walks and how she has brought this practice to her site to raise the level of learning for students and staff. Principal Carter is the proud principal and lead learner of J. Ruth Elementary School in Aldine ISD. And here is our conversation. Principal Ida Carter, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited too to have this conversation because we're going to talk about a topic that I love. But before we dive into all the goodness, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little more about you. Well, certainly, certainly. Well, I have been an educator for 19 years. And after my first three years, and I always tell people this, but after my first three years, I quit. I said, I can't do it. It's not for me. I just, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. And after those three years, I did some breast cancer research and, and worked for a biotech company. I was a science teacher. And so after that, I just kept feeling like something was missing. Mm And I went back into education and I realized that it was really my calling. I tell new teachers that you're not in this by chance. It mm-hmm. It is definitely a calling on your life, much to, to many things. But it became, I knew that it was a calling on my life when I realized I love teaching. I love these children and I really want to make a difference. And so I decided no more running. You know, people run from their calling. And I and I think that's what I was doing at that time. And when I decided that this is my calling, I became grounded in it. And I just accepted what it was and my love for it. And I've been running with it ever since. So 19 years down the road, I spent a great majority of that time as a classroom teacher in high schools mm-hmm. and became an administrator. I was fortunate enough through uh, the district I was working in at that time in a partnership through University of Houston to be able to get my master's degree in one year. Wow. And that was insane. Yeah. Uh, one year. <laughs> Just hearing it sounds insane. <laughs> yes. One year. And I received my master's degree from U of H. And I stayed at the high school where I was teaching, um, actually serving as a magnet coordinator at that time. Mm. I stayed there. And then the opportunity for, for me to become an assistant principal came. And I became an assistant principal in high school. I assistant principal in high school, assistant principal in middle schools, and now principal in a in an elementary school. So I'm glad the gravitational pull pulled you back into education because you are exactly where you need to be. It feels that way. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about a leadership strategy that we both love, and that is learning walks. So I'm really excited 
So let's set some groundwork for that. Give me the elevator pitch. What are learning walks and why do they matter? Oh, fantastic. So we use learning walks as a process to observe teaching and learning on our campus and really just keep our finger on the pulse of what is happening across our campus for us to celebrate strengths in instruction and learning and to look at areas of opportunity trends across our our classrooms and determine next steps. So what do we do about this? Now what? So what kind of thing? So like I said, you know, we just have that opportunity to really hone in and get a laser-like focus on the good, the bad, and the ugly, essentially, Mm -hmm. is what I call it. Learning walks are so not evaluative. They are an opportunity for us to really look at how we can support our teachers and do what's best for our students. So it's important to build that culture before you even begin the process of learning walks. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you touched a little bit on what they are not Because I feel like sometimes learning walks get confused with just typical walkthroughs. Yeah, they do. They do. And so that for us in in starting our learning walks, that was uh, just building that culture and that kind of trust with our team to make sure that they Mm -hmm. understood that's not what this is about. That at all, you know, this is an opportunity for us to provide support and to look at what's working and what's not. Right. And you used a key term that I hope people picked up on. It's we. So it's not just you. It's we. So who participates in the learning walks? Definitely. So it's my entire instructional leadership team. So it's it's me. It's the assistant principals. It's our instructional coaches. Mm. And so we collaborate a lot on on the process and what this is going to look like and what this means for our campus as a whole. This year, we've even turned it up a notch. So we do what we call um, scouting instructional walks. So now mm-hmm. we're taking teachers on walks with us and we debrief and talk about uh, what I call the three W's, the wows, the wonderings, and the wants. So what do you want to try after you see this? Because I am all about our teachers taking risks for our students. I want them to feel comfortable learning new things and trying new things. And if it doesn't work, that's okay because we're learning along the way. Mm-hmm. How often should schools engage in learning walks? And when when do you know it's the right time? So kind of a two-part question. So first I'll talk about more so when you know it's the right time, mm-hmm. because that culture piece, like I spoke to before, is is essential. So, and it takes time to build the kind of culture that would allow for learning walks to be successful. So it's that trust factor that's huge. So once you've established that and you know, because the energy is different, um, mm-hmm. people are, are open and coming to you asking questions and they're, they're receiving that coaching a lot better than before. If you're intentional about building that culture and then, you know, okay, it's the right time for us to start learning walks, but you don't want to go into it cold turkey. You know, teachers need to have some solid professional development. They need to know the why behind what you're doing and really making them a part of the process. So it's not looked at as that evaluative thing again, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you know, they're just coming in to see what I'm doing. And it's like, no, that's that's not it at all. So, again, you know, just knowing the right time because you've built that culture. But we do our learning walks either weekly or biweekly. It just wow. depends on the look for 
Mm-hmm. Um, because we, as, as a leadership team, we spend a lot of time together talking about what's working and what's not working on our campus. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always want that to be our focus is what are we doing every day to make it better, to make mm-hmm. our, our campus better. So weekly, biweekly, just depending on the look for. I love it. And I'm going to, I want to ask a little bit about the, the process itself. But before we do, I'm really curious, how long did you wait as a principal before you implemented Learning Walks? So my first year, I've been on this campus for three years. My first year, uh, we did not do Learning Walks. The second year was the year of COVID. And um, because we were all learning and I wanted teachers to know, hey, it's okay if you mess up. Technology mm-hmm. is our friend and it's our enemy all at the same time. And we're shifting into a dimension that we know nothing about. So we're all learning. And that was my my preface for that. We're learning. And this is why we're doing this, because we're learning together. So we really want to see how this is working for us and what we need to do to tweak. So we started this during COVID, during virtual instruction. And I know that probably sounds crazy, but like I said, we were all on this learning tip together. So with recorded lessons, our teachers were able to look at their own lesson, self-reflect, and we were able to have that conversation with them from that virtual standpoint. And what are we doing in our virtual lessons to continue to meet the needs of our students? And how do we mm-hmm. need to tweak that? So that's how this started. And the teachers initially were very uncomfortable with it. Right. They were very uncomfortable because I'm not in front of my class. This is, this mm-hmm. is me recording myself. And so it was, it was difficult for them. But when they got an opportunity to see, to be able to really see themselves, and and reflect it was we would sit together and talk about it and they're like oh you know what I could tweak this I could tweak that so it became more of them figuring out what they needed and how they could improve versus us telling them right did you start with volunteers at the beginning definitely Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, everybody doesn't want to volunteer. But what we did was some of the some of the teachers that we knew had a grasp on what they were doing with the use of technology and, and just that engagement piece, even though it's virtual, we kind of poked them and, and, and said, hey, you know, can we try this with you? And initially it's like, oh, my God, no, I don't I don't think so. I'm like, come on, it's going to be great. You know, right. and and they were they were excited. Then they started coming and bringing the information to us versus mm-hmm. us going to them. Right. You're telling this this history and it's reminding me of my first couple of years as a teacher. And our principals had us videotape ourselves and watch ourselves teach. To this day, it is the best professional development I've ever had. I tell you. And it was very safe. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, we had the big VHS tapes and the big camcorder. So our VP came in and set up the camcorder and ran out, and then we'd stop it and take the tape home and watch it. So I think there is so much power to being able to just be a fly on the wall and either watch yourself or watch others as a way of professional development. So I love it. Definitely, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about your process. So sure. I want to I want to chunk this if you will to kind of the before, during and after. So what happens before the learning walk? 
So we want to be extremely intentional. Uh, so we look at our data constantly. So we're looking at how our students are performing and we are looking for trends. We share that information with teachers and we talk about it in PLC. Uh, we talk about, okay, so now we're looking at the data. We see where our kids are. What, what next? What can we do? What ideas do you have? Like I said, I want to make it a safe space and a collaborative space for everyone so it doesn't feel so cold turkey. Um, right. Yeah. So once we look at that data and we talk with our teachers and we come up with our ideas, then we start developing our professional development plan. We do our professional development and then teachers have the opportunity to go in their classes, practice, implement. They come back, they share, hey, you know, I've been trying this for a week now and I'm still having trouble with this or the, the students still aren't getting this. Instructional coaches or APs or even myself, we go in, we, we look, hey, okay, well, I'll come and see what's going on. So we come, we watch, we support kids while we're there. We support teachers while we're there. If it becomes a co-teach moment, then it's just a co-teach moment. And we just do that. And then after teachers are feeling comfortable and they've gotten that initial feedback, then as a group, we go and we do our full out learning walks. Okay, so take us to the during now. So learning walks are happening. What what does that look like? So we're together. We have a schedule of what classes we're going to visit, what time we're going to visit, and of course our look for. Um, so recently, I'll tell you about this. So recently, we're we're looking at engagement strategies. We're we're moving from from actually engagement to ownership. So uh, we want. Less teacher talk, more student talk. So we're looking at student discourse. So teachers know that there are a variety of strategies that can be used that we've trained on. One of the big strategies that we're, we've been using on our campus is reciprocal teaching. So that's been a huge look for for us. So once we do that, like I said, we establish our look for and then we have our schedule created. And we go into the classrooms. We have all of our tools that were created specifically for our campus that, that we created together. So when we go in and we're looking for this, what kinds of things are, are we looking at? For example, what kinds of questions is, are, are our teachers asking? At what level? How are the students responding? Mm-hmm. How's the teacher modeling for those students? So we've created all of these, um, all of these tools for us to go in and, and do our learning walks. So we go in, we do our learning walk, we come out and we debrief. We always build in time after two or three classes to debrief. What do we see? What next? What feedback? Because in the midst of this, I'm coaching my team as well. So Mm -hmm. what feedback would we give this teacher? And I let them talk. And I ask them questions about, well, did you notice that um, how much time this group spent you know, in response to to the question that the teacher asked? Or did we look at the amount of teacher talk versus student talk in this classroom? And we go from there in our debrief and develop what kind of feedback we're going to package for mm-hmm. specific teachers and then how we're going to support them after the fact. Are you mindful about the number of people that go in teams that deploy to classrooms? Yes. 
Yes, because and now I'll say this, my my students and my teachers are so accustomed to us Mm. being in the classrooms. We had a recent visit from our superintendent and executive leadership team in our district. And the students, they look back, they see the people and they're like, "Okay, somebody else. And they keep going, you know. So either they talk to the, the folks that are in the room or they don't. You know, initially it was a distraction. But right. now um, what we do is break up into teams a little bit better um, mm. since we're be- we're getting better and stronger at this practice every day. <laughs> so we yeah. break into teams and there may be this group that goes to visit these these teachers, this group of teachers or this grade level. And then we kind of switch out. So if this week you went to see first grade, then next week this team will go see first grade. Right. I love it. Okay. So you talked a little bit about the debrief. Is there anything else that happens post learning walk? Definitely. So the the bang for the buck is when we talk to the teachers and we provide that feedback. So if there is a grade level trend that we're noticing, then it's something that we discuss whole group in PLCs and that kind of thing and next steps for feedback. If there is an outlier or a specific classroom concern, that's when we bring that specific uh, feedback to that teacher or that group of teachers. And then we work with them Usually those are our teachers that we take on our scouting walks so that they get a chance to see Mm. what we're seeing in other classrooms. Mm -hmm. Love it. And then I'm sure there's some some preparation that has to be involved before all of this takes place. So what tools need to be prepared or anything helpful that you you find useful for your visits? Yeah. So like I was saying, you have to have a way to capture your observation and, and to keep you on track for specifically what you're looking for. So we designed our own tools and structures that we use for our campus. I would suggest that that individual campuses do that because you have to do what works for you. Um, it's not a cookie cutter kind of thing. So like I said, we go ahead and we prepared our own tools, our own look for tools. We also have a tracker that we input that information in using QR codes and for each teacher. So we scan the QR code, we go in, we're able to type up our information and it goes directly into the tracker and the teacher can't receive that feedback. So once we send it, the teacher receives the feedback and it's in our tracker. And does it only go to that teacher? Yes. Yeah. It only goes to that teacher for for that specific walkthrough or, or learning walk. So once we do that, we're able to look back at our tracker information and that's how we can spot those trends and see who we need to speak to and, you know, what what our next steps are going to be. Wow. Okay. This is a process. You are blowing my mind about how the details, the details matter in this one, and I love it. So I'm curious, when you talked about just going back to the beginning and you look at the data and you do the PD around it, how long do you, those cycles typically work when you're working on a specific area? So it's usually two to three weeks, usually two to three weeks, because we want to make sure that teachers have that solid PD foundation. We don't want them to feel like, okay, so now we told you about this process. Now you just go in. Now we're just coming in to watch, you know, so we definitely want to make sure that our PD is solid. So we take some time to really create our solid PD and give teachers time to practice before they feel the pressure of us coming in. So two to three weeks, and it really just depends. There have been instances where we did a couple of rounds of learning walks looking at at a specific look for, and 
we just weren't getting where we wanted to be. So we extended it. We said, we're going to continue to do this. Let's go back. Let's let's reprise our PD and look at what support you really need. And so we extended that process. Mm-hmm. Now, as the principal of the school, do you do this in addition to just general walkthroughs? Yes. yes. Okay, so I'm going to have to ask the elephant in the room, how do you find the time to do all of this? I am everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know another way to say it, uh, but yeah. I, I, I'm everywhere, but this is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that for, for our evaluation system, I think that the, the learning walks support the, the evaluation system. So right. with the information that we gather from the learning walks, it helps us to drive how we're going to support our teachers. Mm. So, like I said, it's a struggle because they're only 24 hours in a day. Right. <laughs> but I think it's important that teachers see me in that capacity, in that support capacity versus mm. just that evaluator capacity. Absolutely. So having experienced this and led this work, what are some caveats or things to consider for principals who might want to get these started in their school? Yeah. So first, like I said, the culture, it's the the elephant in the room, as you say. Mm-hmm. It's it's the big chunk. So what I would suggest is that you spend time building that trusting culture and that open kind of culture and, and the risk-taking. Uh, because as teachers, we want to be right. As educators, we want to make sure that it's right the first time. We don't want any mistakes. We don't want anyone questioning um, right. what we do and how we do it and how well we do it. So just building that culture and saying, hey, you know, we all make mistakes and it's OK. Take this risk. This is a learning opportunity for all of us. And I lead that way. So if I make a mistake, I'm open about that. Hey, I made a mistake, guys. So now let's go back to the drawing board. I'm falling on the sword. That's what I say. That's my statement. I fall (laughs) on the sword and we move on. We figure out what we do next. And that's the grace that I extend to my team and to my teachers and to my students. So that culture is huge because once you get that underway, you can do anything. I truly believe that. So that's the big piece and making sure that your learning walks are intentional. Mm. So you can't go in looking for 50 different things (laughs) because you'll find 50 different things and there's no way to address (laughs) all 50 different things. So take baby steps in -hmm. that and make sure that you are intentional and that they are data driven and that teachers know that teachers can expect it and that you're open about the process. Love it so, so much. Ida, you are kind of incredible. Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) This has been amazing. For all of that to happen in your school is such a testament to your leadership. So amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So we're about to wrap up our time together. And we always do our fast five at the end. So I'm just going to ask five quick questions and one word or one sentence. Game? I'm game. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Favorite leadership book? Leverage Leadership by Paul Bambrick. Favorite app? TikTok. And uh, let me tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a TikTok entertainment entertainer, but TikTok is definitely entertainment for me. So that is my small slice of self-care just to get a little mindless behavior and laughing going. So yes, TikTok. (laughs) 
I am nodding in agreement with you. <laughs> yes. Best Amazon find for work. Oh, my goodness. So um, themed stationery. And that may sound a little cliche, but weekly I write my staff notes, uh, motivational notes every Monday, and I put them on everybody's door just to get them ready for the week. So I always need different cutesy little stationery, different colors, different things that just make me smile. So that's that would be my Amazon find. So I got I got to pause because just to clarify, you write a note to every staff member every week. Yes, ma'am. Same same message on the note? It's the same message um, since, maybe worded differently. But yeah, essentially, it's it's the same message overall. And, and sometimes it's short, sometimes it's long. It just depends on what's on my heart for that week. Wow, amazing. Okay, favorite song to put you in a good mood? Oh my goodness. Uh, Best of Me by Anthony Hamilton. It's old school R&B and it just gets me dancing and, and in a great mood. So yeah. Love it. <laughs> One tip you would tell your first year principal self. Oh, my goodness. Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm. <laughs> my superintendent says we will go as fast as we can, but as slow as we must. And no truer words have been spoken. As a first year principal, I, I wanted it all to happen right in that moment. Mm. It's like, I'm here. So I want to do this. Let's, let's do this right now. And I think that the, the pandemic and just things that were beyond my control helped me to, to really take a step back and, and take baby steps. Yeah. Love that advice. So good. Ida, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? I am on Twitter. Uh, it's not my favorite app like TikTok, but I am on, I am on Twitter and it's at IG Carter 2010 on Twitter. Fantastic. Ida, thank you so much for your time today. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I was a little nervous, but you made me feel so at ease. So I appreciate it. You did great. Thank you. What a great conversation with Principal Carter. I truly appreciate her walking us through how to implement learning walks and for all her leadership she demonstrates every day in service to her staff and students. Head over to the show notes for a link to see some of my favorite tools to implement learning walks at your site. There, you can also download a full transcript of this episode and find ways to support our little podcast. But before you head over, make sure you hit the share button and send this episode to a fellow instructional leader. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Thank you.